Before we begin, I'd like to thank everyone for all the support you've shown me since Worldwide Crush was released this summer. The lovely messages, the well wishes, the online reviews you've posted, the pictures you're sending me of you reading my book, Mostly at the Beach. All of it has contributed to the success of this book and has made me feel so cared for during this really intense and joyful, but sometimes intimidating time. And because you asked, we are happy to announce that the PCPS will finally be hosting a Worldwide Crush Book Club. I'm getting so many questions and comments from people, and it's clear that you all have a lot of feelings about this story. Maybe because Millie is all of us. I don't know, just saying. Um, This will be a virtual get-together where readers can share their thoughts, and the author, Hello Me, will be right there to answer all of your questions. If you're not a book club person and you'd like to just come and listen, that is fine too. The PCPS Worldwide Crush Book Club is free for our Patreon members and just $10 for everyone else. You'll find a link to sign up in our newsletter and in our link tree on Instagram. The date is Tuesday, November 14th, so mark your calendars. Thank you again for all of your support and please enjoy the show. Okay, you guys, the lid just popped off of my water. What? <laughs> I'm not kidding. I have a poltergeist. It's because I'm going through you menopause. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Hello world, there's a song that we're singing Come on, get happy A whole lot of loving is what we'll be bringing We'll make you happy Welcome to the Pop Culture Preservation Society, the podcast for people born in the big wheel generation whose Halloween costumes consisted of a printed trash bag and a sharp plastic mask that obscured your vision, got caught in your hair, and ultimately suffocated you. We believe our Gen X childhoods gave us unforgettable songs, stories, characters, and images. And if we don't talk about them, they'll disappear, like Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition. And today, we'll be saving an obscure episode of The Waltons called The Changeling, in which the littlest sister, Elizabeth, is haunted by a poltergeist, years before the movie Poltergeist hit theaters. I'm Carolyn. I'm Kristen. And I'm Michelle. And we are your pop culture preservationists. In our episode just a few weeks ago called Husker Du, I asked Carolyn and Michelle if they remembered the episode of the Waltons where Elizabeth had a poltergeist, and they both said no. But I've been dying to talk about this episode since the day I saw it as a 10-year-old in 1978. It was so bizarre and so scary and made me believe that everyone gets a poltergeist when they turn 13. So right there, in the moment, we decided that this was an episode. We had to talk about that time there was a poltergeist on Walton's Mountain, because nothing says 70s like a poltergeist, especially if it's on a show about the olden days. (laughs) Those things just don't go together. No, no. (laughs) You guys, I couldn't believe I didn't remember that episode, because I loved the Waltons, and I love a good ghost story as well. I mean, because there's something about ghost stories that... They can kind of maybe be true. You know, there are yeah. certain things, that scary things that oh, there's no way that could be real. But ghosts, like yeah. maybe. And I so agree, yeah. I would have remembered. I can only think that it's because of maybe how old I was at the time. But I do remember they did have an, uh, an episode called Ghost Story in 1974, which I do remember. And it scared me. So Super the, scary. So this was not new territory for the Waltons to kind of mm-hmm. play with the <laughs> idea of ghosts. Well, if you think about it, that on that mountain in Virginia, that seems kind of ghosty, right? Back in the in it's the day, it's very atmospheric. It does. It yes. seems like it, there's kind of like a shroud of yeah. fog always over the. There is. It's always over brown. The mountain. Yeah, that mm-hmm. show is so brown. Everything from even their hair color yeah. and just so between like dustiness, like everything's dusty or mm-hmm. kind of foggy and brown. So much dirt. There's so much so dirt much. on Malton's Mountain. Well, I just have to say, as I have shared on this podcast before, I loved The Walton. And an episode devoted to The Waltons is long overdue. But you guys have Mm -hmm. promised me that in the not-too-distant future, we will indeed have an episode that is devoted to The Waltons. Do I have that? Can I hear you? Don't nod. An audible yes. Just like the exit row. I'll I'll be honest with you. 
in the past when you've said that and I've gone, yes, okay, sure. You guys know, I've always said, oh, I didn't watch the Waltons. I don't think I, I mean, I knew the Waltons. I didn't watch the Waltons. All it took was me watching this Poltergeist episode to realize I totally watched yes, the Waltons. Like I knew who they all of were. It's just did. one of those other parts of my brain that for some reason has been, you know, spooned out and thrown out of my ear. It all came back to me and I remember the characters and I remember situations. So now when I say Carolyn, yes, you have my word. It <laughs> is with enthusiasm. Well, it is wholeheartedly. Wow, yes. Let's great. do an episode on the Walton. You guys, I was so devoted to the Waltons that when rumors swirled that the show might be canceled in the mid seventies, I think I've told you guys this, mm-hmm. my mom helped me write a letter to CBS and beg them not to cancel <laughs> it. And so I like to think that I was maybe responsible for helping keep the Waltons on the air. I'm sure it was You're you. welcome, everyone. It You're was welcome. you. <laughs> because of me, the episode, The Changeling, exists. That's right. Wow. And I've got so much I want to share about that show. So listeners, they promised me we will do an entire episode, maybe two episodes, maybe a season, <laughs> I don't know, on the Waltons. <laughs> Although, Kristen, I'm loving this because it already sounds like you and I are just going to get to sit in the back seat on this one. Oh, I'm I'm and here just, for it completely. I'm in for in it, Carolyn. Yes. yes. Well, um... I was thinking one of the reasons I really loved it was I think it might truly be the first TV drama that I started to watch that I was like invested in. Like an hour long drama. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I also am a fan of Little House, as everyone knows. But if you asked me if I'd rather have been a Walton or an Ingalls, you guys, I think (gasps) I would have to say I would want to be an Ingleston. (laughs) Yes. I just couldn't choose. Here's another idea. Wouldn't this have been fun if they had had a crossover time travel episode? Oh, my God. Because, I mean, a poltergeist, we can certainly time travel. And then, like, Ike Godsey could be friends with Harriet Olsen. Like, they could talk shop. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It sounds like that's a Saturday morning cartoon. (laughs) I love it. And the Ingalls girls could visit the Walton girls and learn the amazement of using a real toilet. Mm -hmm. Inside. Imagine. Inside the house. Can you imagine? Mm -hmm. And have a light. And can you imagine how fun it would be to just be a little fly on the wall when Caroline meets Olivia Walton oh and they just Our maybe moms. they share recipes? Oh, they America's yes. moms. Oh my gosh, that would be seriously. Great. Can't you see this it's animated? Not- it's a Saturday morning, and then the two are coming together for time travel. It's like when the Partridge Family had their animated show. This you makes sense get- to me. Hallie Stanford on this, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Jim Henson, president of TV. Also, um, I don't think it's too late. I think we would we watch can still it. get this done. Yes. No, and I mean not even animated. We've got enough of them living. Sure. We could still do it. <laughs> <laughs> so if for some reason you were living under a rock in the 70s or your television set for some reason could not pick up the CBS signal <laughs> and you're not familiar with the Waltons, first of all, I'm sorry for you. <laughs> but here's a quick summary. So it's the 1930s and the Depression is in full swing on Walton's Mountain. John Walton Sr. and his wife Olivia live in the rural Virginia Blue Ridge Mountain town of Walden's Mountain, great name, with their seven children, John Jr., affectionately known as John Boy, John Boy. <laughs> Jason, Mary Ellen, Ben, Aaron, Jim Bob, and Elizabeth. John Sr.'s parents, Zebulon, also known as Zeb, and Esther also live with the family. It's a lot of folks under one roof, but the family loves each other deeply. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's real, you guys. Not just their family. They love they love everyone. They love <laughs> their neighbors. They love the Baldwin sisters. They love everyone. They love the mountains. They love yeah, the mountains. Yeah, they love the mountains. mountains. Mm-hmm. Apple cider. Yep. Oh, yeah. They love, they love good apple cider. <laughs> we follow their story as the overall clad barefoot children grow into adulthood and all those things that that entails. There's heartbreak and joy, laughs and loss, but most of all, love. And couldn't you just hear me saying that in a voiceover for a promo? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I have to tell you that when my brother and I were little, okay, so all of you who, I'll just give you a little refresher course on John Boy. John Boy was a writer and he wanted to work for a newspaper and then he wanted to have his own newspaper and then he wanted to buy a printing press and he also had a big mole on his face. And so... (laughs) My brother and I would chew gum and we'd put it on our face and we'd go, Daddy, I really need that press. <laughs> we will still do that. Daddy, I really need that printing press. <laughs> oh 
my God. I just can't imagine you putting gum yes, on your face. Stick it on her face. Daddy. Daddy, I really need that press. Oh, I love it. I love it. And um when you when you were saying like John Sr., I kept was like, who's John Sr.? Oh no, that's Daddy. Daddy and Mama. And then yeah, that's true. And Mama yes. was Olivia, oftentimes known as Livy. Liv, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And do you go, this is aside from the whole thing. I don't know why I'm inserting it right now, but did you guys ever see the Carol Burnett sketch with Daddy Man and Mama Woman? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I have to watch it again. Of course, it's called The Walnuts. And, oh. <laughs> and, and they go, and everyone is like Mary Ellen Girl and Daddy Man. <laughs> And Mama John Woman. Boy. I get it. Jim Bob Boy. Oh my gosh. I let's try to find it and put it in the weekly reader. Yes, that would please. be so it's funny. So funny. I will I can just think about it today and I will still crack up. Oh we my can gosh. tell. I know. Good night, Mama Woman. Good night, John Girl. Night, Daddy Man. Night, John Girl. Night, Jeremiah Girl. Night, John Girl. Night, Jasper Girl. Good night, John Girl. Good night, you Dora boy. Good night, John girl. Good night, Clorinda boy. Good night, John girl. Good night, Grandma lady. Good night, John girl. I spent most of my life in poverty after that till I sold this series. And as I have matured and aged and withered, I have often thought back to that day and said to myself, John girl, what a bunch of dummies we were. Oh. Well, on to more serious things. The changeling was not funny. This was one of this. No. Well, what? and let's just emphasize the Waltons was not a comedy. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> it's true. So yeah. today we're going to be talking about one episode of the Waltons in particular. It was called The Changeling, and it aired on October 26, 1978. So it was definitely intended to serve as a Halloween episode. The premise of the episode is that Elizabeth, the baby of the family, the little girl with the long red braid. is on the verge of her 13th birthday, and she's not so sure how she feels about that. All the girls around her seem very eager to grow up, but Elizabeth, not so much. That's when some seriously spooky things start happening around the house, and it is believed that the reason is Elizabeth's puberty. Because apparently, puberty is an invitation for poltergeists to invade your home and scare the shit out of everybody. And this is what I took away from this episode in 1978. So if you read the online forums today, people generally hate this episode. They think it's unseemly for a family like the Waltons to dabble in the occult. They think it's unrealistic. They don't think Olivia Walton would be like, yep, you have a poltergeist. But I loved it. For me, it's the most memorable Waltons episode, which is why I'm always asking people, do you remember that time there was a poltergeist on the Waltons? (laughs) Yeah, I think people today are judging it by today's standards. But what they're forgetting is that this was a thing in the 70s. -hmm. And that's most likely why this bizarre episode exists. It was an attempt to meet this fascination with the unexplained and supernatural that was so popular in the late 70s. I mean, the fascination with the occult and dark spirituality permeated our culture that decade, didn't it? Our recesses, our playgrounds. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, let's talk blockbuster movies. We had Rosemary's Baby in Mm -hmm. 68, The Exorcist in 73, The Omen in 76, and The Amityville Horror in 79. And It was also music. People were banging their heads to Led Zeppelin and Alice Cooper, Blue Oyster Cult, Black Sabbath, Mm. tarot Mm -hmm. cards, and astrology captivated the country. And even the news was full of grim occult-like homicides. The Charles Manson family, Son of Sam, David Berkowitz, and the never-apprehended Zodiac Killer. Um, And us kids, right, we were just trying to bend spoons with our brains on the Uh playground. Yes. Have a Ouija board answer our most intimate questions, or we can't forget trying to levitate friends with only two fingers at sleepovers. Light as a feather, light as a feather stiff, as a board. stiff as a board. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so this was um, this was everywhere. I mean, I think that um, it was all part of the culture, mm-hmm. and I don't think the viewers of the seventies thought there was anything weird about it. No, mm-hmm. you're right that they're the people who are talking about it today are looking at it as if it's a show for people today. 
It was not. Mm-hmm. It came from people in the 70s, four people in the 70s. Did you guys have a Ouija board, and did your parents do the Ouija board at dinner parties? No, but we we had one, and it came out at every slumber party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every oh, wow. slumber party. Mm-hmm. You're very lucky. We had one, and it was on the top shelf. Always of the, the top shelf. Yes. And we were <laughs> forbidden from, like, even touching <gasps> it. Like, I think sometimes <laughs> I would go and try to just touch that cardboard with my finger. But it, we were forbidden. Well, it was probably just me at the time. My sister was probably too young. It was an adults-only game. And I oh think my, my mom God. even said something like, bad things can happen if you you know play it or touch it. And they weren't even going to play it anymore. But I think, and I'll have to ask her, I think she felt weird about throwing it away. So it just, oh, I oh, never oh, saw sure. it leave that top shelf. I mean, maybe at night when I was asleep and they had people over, like you just said, Kristen. But the way she talked about it, I think they played it once. I'm going to have to ask her this, and maybe mm-hmm. if you're a Patreon member, if it's a good story, I'll put it on there. But um, I think that the game only was played once, and something really creepy happened and <gasps> flipped my mom out, and it never saw oh, the light of day creepy. again. I need to know this story. Okay. I think it's I funny that it that was for adults, right? Like, yes. this was this was a board game. This was our, our playground fascinating. Okay, you guys, the lid just popped off of my water. What? <laughs> I'm not kidding. I have a poltergeist. It's because I'm going through you menopause. Totally. T- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, it's the Ouija. menopause poltergeist. Yes, we're the talking about the Ouija. People are mad. They're mad because we're disparaging their board game. That's right. <laughs> oh my God. But you're right. It was on the top shelf. I literally couldn't reach it. And it would be like if we were going to get the Ouija board, it was something that we had to plan like, okay, who's going to get the step stool? <laughs> Well, and you remember even like even Harry Houdini was a big thing. Like Harry Houdini you know was the yes. topic of like love boat episodes. I oh was God. obsessed right? with Harry yes. Houdini. Yes, I, I did book reports on Harry book Houdini. Reports. I read every biography. Mm-hmm. Yep. To this day, I still think about him like, okay, they say it was like a hernia or something. He had like, you know, yeah. when he died and he couldn't get out of all the stuff. But I'm like, I don't know. And there's some there's some deep stuff there, but I was obsessed with Harry Houdini. Do you remember the made-for-TV movie from um, with Sally Struthers and Paul Michael Glazer? Yes. yes. <laughs> About yes, Harry yes, Houdini? Yes, 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 yes. Who's I was screwed, say, screwed. I'm getting who's screwed because I think yes. I can almost picture the cover of a book I got from the Scholastic Book Fair on yes. Harry Houdini. Yes, that is so Scholastic Book Fair. That has Scholastic Book Fair written all over it. It does, yeah. And do oh kids even know who Harry Houdini is now? I don't think no. that's a thing. That's a so 70s say, thing. So, yeah, to say we were all very entrenched in this whole supernatural world in the late 70s yes. is to put it mildly. That's right. right. So it makes sense. It makes mm-hmm. sense for this to have happened. It totally d- does. And I was going to also share that at the same time this episode came out, there was kind of an international story. I don't know if you guys remember or have heard of this. It's called the Enfield Poltergeist. No, I don't mm-hmm. know about this. Well, so this was... Um, Evidently, two sisters in England, one sister was 11 and one was 13, so we got the puberty thing going on, and there were these strange things happening in this family's home, like furniture moving, things levitating in the air, one of the girls like speaking in this male voice, and legit news sources kind of covered this. Um, and some paranormal experts came in and tried to see, is this real, is this not, Um it seems now that some years have passed and things that it was probably a hoax that the girls were kind of in on it. And Ooh. one was evidently kind of like a ventriloquist or oh something and could do the voice. Well, she had the, the Edgar, I was going to say Edgar Winter group. That's not right. <laughs> What's uh, yeah. his Edgar, name? Edgar, Edgar Bergen. Candace Edgar Bergen's dad. Yes, Candace Bergen. And well, I was Uncle Charlie. It's not Uncle Charlie. What's the name of the dog? Charlie something. Charlie, yeah, it was like. Bill McCarthy. Charlie McCarthy. McCarthy. Oh, my God. <laughs> but yeah. That took us a long time to get there. Yes. But. Coming full circle back to the fact that this was this Enfield poltergeist thing was kind of newsworthy. The world was interested wow. in these kind of supernatural stories. So it makes perfect sense that the Changeling episode would have aired when it did, and we would have probably been glued to it, as Kristen yeah. evidently was, because this is the epi- her favorite episode of My the My favorite Walton. episode. I loved it. And I was super scared I was going to get a poltergeist. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, it's it's uh, available on Amazon Prime, listeners, and it's definitely worth um, a rewatch if you've seen it before and haven't seen it since the 70s or if you've never seen it. Go immediately. <laughs> Just do yourself a favor and watch it this week because it's it's fat, fantastic. Let's walk people through this mm-hmm. episode of The Waltons called The Changeling. Okay, and let's just jump right into the insanity because this episode certainly does. Uh, So like Kristen said, Elizabeth is turning 13 and Olivia is all, you should have a party. But Elizabeth is all hormonal and moody, um, picking at the piano keys like eye roll. No thanks. Birthday parties are for babies. Cue all hell breaking loose and opening. The approach of a birthday in our family has always been a time of excitement and joy. (laughs) But there was one notable exception. On Elizabeth's 13th birthday, it seemed that she wasn't quite sure whether she wanted the clock to turn forward or backward. That was Michelle's (laughs) imitation of Earl Hamner opening the Waltons. (laughs) Yeah, that was very good. And And let's just say, when his voice was on the screen, or when you were listening to it on the screen... Anything that came after that was legit. It happened. He put yeah. this just credibility onto mm-hmm. that show, and I was in hook, line, and sinker. Because mm-hmm. as, as far as we were concerned, this voice that was speaking, introducing, and capping um, every episode was a real person. Earl Hamner is not a stage name. Earl Hamner is his actual name. It was Earl Hamner speaking. Okay, so we immediately get that Elizabeth is caught in that awful space between staying a kid and being a grown-up. Even BFF Amy isn't having it and ridicules her and tells her that she's going to walk home alone until Elizabeth decides to stop acting like a baby, which is super harsh. Okay, Isn't and also it was harsh? super harsh because all she wanted to do was play hopscotch. Hopscotch? Like right. that was a crime of some kind. You're not walking like a grown-up. Yeah. You know what? Amy could be like that, though. Amy yeah. was very my friend Kristen. Mm-hmm. Later that night, Elizabeth overhears the family debating what to give her for her birthday while they're all on the porch drinking homemade apple cider. Of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A Shirley Temple doll, suggests Jason. No, no. She's getting older and might need a hope chest, says John. Oh, God. What the F, John? No. She's not, it's not like she's turning 16. You're not going to marry her off. (laughs) No, she's only 13, not 16, John. Um, So we can see that these wildly contradictory gift ideas make Elizabeth all twisty inside, and suddenly a bud vase flies off the mantle and shatters on the floor. (laughs) Well, first it dun, hovers. Dun, dun. First yes, it, hovers it wiggles. Yeah. It, it wiggles. It wiggles. Mm-hmm. It shakes. Yeah, a little that's bit. right. Yeah. It wiggles Crash. and hovers. Very a la Bewitched. I mean, yeah. I immediately oh, thought, yeah. you know, Endora was going to come out of the fireplace <laughs> or something. You, you can almost see the fishing line on <laughs> yes. each side of it, like going back and forth with it. Yeah, yeah. that's also a good crossover. If Endora comes through the fireplace oh. on Walton's Mountain, that you would be guys, fantastic. I think. Wait, we better stop sharing these out loud. Because <laughs> no. this could be, this could bring us some change. I'm uh-huh. thinking PCPS there's something, something happening here. Mm-hmm. So the family rushes in and is like, what the hell, Elizabeth? And she's like, I swear I didn't do it. And John is all, well, it didn't fly off the mantle by itself. And Elizabeth thinks, uh, yeah, it did. And also, what the F is happening to me, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. She starts to realize like, oh, something weird is going on. The weirdness continues Every time Elizabeth feels caught in that in-between space, either self-inflicted or because someone else puts her there. Yeah. Like when she doesn't know what forbidden fruit means and the family teases her, the phone starts ringing. No one's there when they pick it up. A, a framed photo falls crookedly on the wall. Her reflection in the mirror grows foggy and ghost-like and always, always the hair blowing, yes. blowing yes. back. Always when she's mm-hmm. turning, like she stops and she turns around and the wind blows. Oh, yes. so much wind. Mm-hmm. There's so much wind. Um, one night, a stone floats in, <laughs> floats, if you can imagine, a stone. It floats in through her open window. And when she tries to touch it with her foot, it darts under the bed like it has little legs. Like a it, frog. Like, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, that thing was on fishing wire and someone just yanked it under the bed. (laughs) There's somebody Um, under the bed. (laughs) So she screams, of course, the family runs in. But when she tells them about the stone, they, of course, don't believe her. And Elizabeth is now really starting to freak out. So John talks to Elizabeth about all that's going on. Daddy, right? Daddy? 
yeah. dad John. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. John Boy's gone, grown and gone by yeah. now in this episode. I can't yeah. even think of him as John. He's just daddy to me. Oh, sorry. Yeah, daddy. Daddy. Yeah. Daddy talks to Elizabeth about all... Daddy boy talks to Elizabeth. <laughs> daddy man. Daddy, daddy man. man. Daddy, daddy man. man talks to Elizabeth about all that's going on, uh, how he knows she's stuck in this hard in-between age, wondering if maybe she's just trying to get attention. And Elizabeth tells him, Amy says Cora Beth, Amy's mom, calls it puberty. 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 And so Daddy Man and Elizabeth have a little, very normal 1930s father-daughter convo about puberty. Not. (laughs) Naturally. (laughs) Not as it would have happened in real life during the Depression. Like, I'm pretty sure poor little Elizabeth would have gone out to the barn when she's found the blood in her underwear and would have just, like, thought she was dying. Like She'd have been ripping sheets up herself and tying them around her crotch. Nobody would tell her a thing. Oh, I'd especially like to think Daddy Mary Man. Ellen or Aaron would have yes, given her a little. Heads it's possible up. that Mary Ellen or Aaron would have helped her, but not Daddy Man. Not yeah, no, Daddy no, Man. Man. No, no, no. Uh, okay, so meanwhile, Jason has gotten a job as cousin George on a radio show. It's like a Dear Abby, where he's expected to read listener letters and give advice. Uh, the family gathers one night all around the radio to listen, but every time poor Elizabeth comes into the room, the radio turns to static. <laughs> and when she walks away, it's clear. I mean, seriously, insert Brady Tiki Idol <laughs> sound here. And it's so sad, it's too, because they all start to realize it. They all are kind of looking at each other like, did you guys see that? Wait, no, watch it again. Watch uh-huh. it like, wait, when she walks in, it's <laughs> And it's like, <laughs> and literally right. she walks away to go like into the kitchen to grab something and it's clear. So Damn poltergeist. The family's onto it. Yeah. Um, well, eventually Cora Beth is the one to set everyone straight. Of course. She tells Ike about what's been going on at the Walton house and calls it a poltergeist. So she's the first one to bring it up. So naturally, Ike being Ike, he asks Olivia and Mary Ellen and Elizabeth about their poltergeist when they're in the store. <laughs> And weirdly, Mary Ellen is immediately like, huh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. But Olivia refuses. She just refuses to hear about it. And Elizabeth, because she overheard it, she is shook. She thinks she's going crazy. And Olivia is all like, it's okay. I felt like that when I was going through changes too. The change. <laughs> yeah. Just so like Edith's bunker. Yeah, and Elizabeth is like, really? Oh, yay, women. Okay, I'll have the party, Mom. But Olivia is more like science and goes and she checks out books on poltergeists from the library and discovers that this always happens when there is a child between the ages of 12 and 14 who has all the afraid-to-grow-up energy bottled inside of them. So convenient, right? So here's where, of course, I think this is when does it come to my house? Because well, right. it says right there in the library. Well, and we've you've got the news telling you about the Enfield yes. pol- poltergeist. Right. And these yes. girls, 11 and 13, mm-hmm. were in the thick of it. And you've got Olivia Walton, who you trust. Right. You know, she's yes. a mama woman. Mm-hmm. What do you call her? Mama, mama woman. Mama lady. Mama, mama woman. <laughs> she comes back with the arms full of library books yeah. and basically says to Daddy Man, Science. This backs it up. This is what we have. So naturally, we have another Walton named Poltergeist living in the house. <laughs> Good night, John Boy. Yeah. Good night, Poltergeist. Good night. Just add it to the list. And everyone is just like, oh, I'm glad we found out what it was. Like, there's no, yes. nobody's fighting it. Nobody is like, don't be ridiculous, Livy. No, everyone's like, oh, it's a poultry ghost, which is what Mr. Godsey calls it. How's your poultry ghost? <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Well, the madness isn't over yet. That It continues. Um, and probably my favorite scene in the entire episode, Katie, who is Elizabeth's raggedy Ann, starts to move. And she's like in a different walking position, Every uh, getting closer to the bed each time Elizabeth dares to look at her. But it's like the prop people have posed a raggedy Ann with like one arm up and like one arm back and her head cocked sideways. And but she's frozen. She's not walking. And then Elizabeth looks away. And then the next time she's like closer. She's got both it's arms like, in the air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's worth the whole watch just to watch that scene. And so um, looking back at it, I did not remember this scene happening as it did. It's really quite rudimentary and not even that scary because the doll is just standing there with one arm up. 
Cut away, two arms up, cut yeah. away, face in the camera, right? Yes, yeah, I was about to say, every yeah. time, though, she's getting closer, closer and closer. And in my mind, this Raggedy Ann doll was, was crawling like an alligator across the floor, <laughs> closer and closer to Elizabeth's bed, and I was terrified. Okay, so now Olivia, mama woman, has a she gets to take a turn at the puberty talk with Elizabeth and it's actually very very sweet and it's very well spoken. I love how she says, "We don't grow up all at once. We do it a day at a time. And Daddy and I are going to be right here while you're doing it." Oh. That's so sweet. It is sweet. Yeah, so sweet, but Elizabeth? No, she's not having <laughs> it. She doesn't feel it's a sweet and well-meaning. She won't hear of it. She's super short with her mother, damn puberty hormones, and runs off. And gosh, Run away. that was so relatable. Yeah. I remember being like that. You don't want to listen to anything. Yeah, you're like, stop talking saying. to me right now. Stop it. Mm-hmm. Stop talking about yes. puberty. So at the slumber party she had decided to have when she was all like, yay, women, we're all in this together. I'll have the slumber party. Um, this is when the poltergeist really lets loose. Um, it's most likely to shake some excitement into their games, which seem to only be jumping around a coffee table. <laughs> it's like the literally slumber party literally. you've ever seen in your life. So Amy, of course, has a great idea to tell ghost stories. And Elizabeth says she doesn't like ghost stories. The lights go out by themselves. Things start going nuts. Chairs are levitating. Windows are opening and closing. <laughs> Girls are screaming. The piano's playing by itself frantically. The family runs down and sees it all. And Kristen, like you said, no, they're all just like poltergeists. Yes, they are. <laughs> yes. Oh no! All the Waltons. All yes. the Waltons come Walton running down. Every, comes running down the stairs. Yes. Mm-hmm. They all Every have Walton some, has a job. They do. It's either consoling the kids or shutting the windows. Yes. Yes, yes, they're yelling too. Yeah. John, close the window. Um, and and as it bent, someone has to take the kid, take the girls home. So oh, all yes. of a sudden, in the middle you guys, of all this. Yeah. It's so funny. In one scene, all the girls are screaming and crying. It cuts away to like daddy man trying to close the window. When it cuts back, girls are just gone. <laughs> the only girl there is Elizabeth. Every girl has disappeared. Um and they're all yelling, Elizabeth, you're the only one who can make this go away. Oh my, God. my God, the pressure on that I poor know. girl. Yes. And who and who knows what she's supposed to say? I remember being very confused at this because they're like putting pressure on her, like, talk to the poultry ghost. Talk to the poultry ghost and tell it what you're feeling. I'd be like, I don't know what I'm feeling. I'm scared? Yes. Uh, what do you want me no. to say? Well, and they're begging. Yes. uh, John and Olivia are begging Elizabeth, make it stop. Make it stop. So, of course, Elizabeth just immediately, in almost a very calm voice, she admits she's afraid to grow up and move away, and she's afraid for John and Olivia to die. Yeah. And right then, immediately, boom, everything goes back to normal. Poltergeist, gone. As we hear... Elizabeth's birthday came and went, (laughs) and none of the strange things that had been happening ever happened again. Were there really poltergeists in the house? Scientists are still looking for answers to questions like that. All we know is that we never found any other explanation. Happy birthday, Elizabeth. (laughs) Right. And that means it happened. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. well, sure. Case closed. Earl Hamner said, you know, it happened then and never happened again. And you know what I wondered? This is, I wondered, so somebody takes all the children home, auga, auga, um, in their old car. And in the, and so they're freaking out, presumably, in the old car that Ben is driving them home in. And what is Ben going to do? Just like drop them up and say, well, you know, we had a poltergeist, so we had yeah. to drop your kids off. We had to end I the mean, party. What is Cora Beth going to say? What is Cora Beth going to oh say? Oh my gosh. Yes. And then is she's, this? No, are they I know talking what she's going to say. It? She's going to go. Told you so. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, is this going to well, be big talk at school the next day? It's not. I, I can't know. imagine that the people on Walton's Mountain are like, "Well, thanks for bringing her home." Okay, thanks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go to bed, honey. Yeah. <laughs> you need me to tuck you in. There's going to be some scandal. Like, are they going to be able to go to church on Sunday? Uh, They're going to have to go to church on Sunday. Oh, yeah. They had a poltergeist. They had a poltergeist. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's a crossover episode with The Exorcist. Yeah. Um, Where Elizabeth starts throwing up. Yeah. Well, we had questions, right? We obviously, we still do, but Mm -hmm. we had questions. And when we were talking about doing this episode, one of us said, God, wouldn't it be great if we could actually talk to Elizabeth Walton? (laughs) Dream come true. 
right? Mm -hmm. And before we had even finished the conversation, as expected, Carolyn had already tracked down Cammie Cotler, the actress who played Elizabeth. So guess what's coming up, everyone? (laughs) Our conversation with the Cammie Cotler, the Elizabeth Walton, about playing a pubescent changeling (laughs) with a poltergeist on the Walton. We can't stop laughing. We're just like laughing the whole time. Because it's so fabulous. I know. It's so great. And no disrespect to the people on the Waltons. Obviously, they are beloved to us and we are, this whole episode is beloved, but it's so funny. It's a lot. It's just a lot. Oh, yeah. It's with the greatest respect that we are poking fun at all this stuff. Oh, yeah. It's part of our lives. And the funny thing is, you guys, when I reached out to her, she didn't even really remember the episode. She told me, like, (laughs) I think I'm going to have to rewatch it again. But she promised that she would track it down and she would watch it again. And she did. And you're going to hear what she thought about all of that in our conversation with her. Please enjoy the conversation we shared with Cammie Kotler the now grown-up woman who played the littlest Walton. Today's guest is Cammie Kotler. She won our hearts when she appeared on our TV screens every Thursday night from 1972 through 1981 as Elizabeth Walton on The Waltons. We envied those long red braids and her large loving family, She grew up right alongside us, and she provided us with many of our most memorable TV moments. Beyond her acting career, Cammie has ventured into the realm of education and has made a significant impact as an educator and an advocate for progressive learning methods. We are thrilled to welcome you to the Pop Culture Preservation Society, Cammie. Well, thank you all for including me. It's... it's, uh... It's a very fun topic, and I, I, I like the idea that the three of you get to reminisce and then bring in everybody who has the same reminiscing. So it's a very cool notion. It's so fun. Mm-hmm. And you have to know, Cammy. I like actually wrote to CBS when there was um, like a threat you were going to be canceled. The show was going to be canceled. <laughs> My mom showed me like where the um, address was, and I was probably like eight or nine years old. So I have an affinity for the show. But we digress as we always <laughs> yes, do. Yes, as guys. we always I mean, do. We're supposed to be well, talking about your role on the Waltons in this scary episode. <laughs> Yeah, let's talk about this episode, The Changeling. It was my favorite episode of the whole 10 years. And when I talk to people about it, they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) No, that's no, the Waltons wouldn't do that. Are you sure you're not thinking about Little House on the Prairie? Because, you know, Michael Landon did crazy shit all the time. Did you think this was a departure? Did you think this was a regular storyline? How did you feel about it? I, I remember thinking it was a departure. I remember being like, really? Okay. really? We're going to really do that? Well, <laughs> a lot of people are validated right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible that um, the changeling doesn't always get included in the reruns. Oh, really? So, so you may not, what you're bumping into when people say they don't remember it, maybe because they have been watching the show on reruns. Yeah. Um, and I think it's the Hallmark Channel. Um, I think which one, one of the channels, Inspiration, I know for sure, wouldn't show it. No, um, because okay. it, it was it's it's a um it was a channel that was more um sort of run and managed by folks who were quite evangelical Christians and, and I know mm-hmm. there there are groups of uh, different denominations of Christians who have different levels of comfort with supernatural stories and whether or not they're just exciting ghost stories or whether or not there's something actually dangerously satanic about them. So so they would not they wouldn't air it. And in fact, I don't even think they, they would rerun the one about the little boy and the train and the, and the, yeah. and the ghosty mother. Um, so they would, they just omitted all of those. So that may also be why people don't remember it because it didn't always get rerun. I also feel like the, the producers of the time, um, Rod, Rod Peterson and Claire Whitaker, who were lovely, they liked to give me crazy things to do. Um, because they also the ferris wheel episode where elizabeth has the nightmares and sleepwalks and there was a that was a crazy episode um i'm just like totally who's her dude right now that one i actually do remember claire saying we've written this episode for you you're gonna love it you're in a ferris wheel and you're sleepwalking it's gonna be so much fun i'm like i don't know what she's talking about and then a week later i got the script so i remember the discussion of the ferris wheel i don't remember having any kind of like preview of the um 
of the Poltergeist, the Changeling episode. You know, all these people like, no, the Waltons would never talk about a ghost story. But to us, it seemed very natural because as children in the 70s, there was kind of this movement. Um, we were all doing tests to see if we had ESP. <laughs> Who in your friend group was the psychic? We all played the Ouija board. So I didn't think this was a departure at all for what was happening at St. Anthony Park Elementary School. <laughs> were you into ESP and Ouija boards and stuff like that at that age? So it felt kind of natural? Well, I, yeah. I mean, like I was a kid of the 70s and I was lucky because we used the Ouija board um, for an early episode, like one of the first couple of episodes or first couple of years. And there was a Ouija board um, that was set dressing on the Godsey store set. So if they weren't, if you get bored, you can always go on those sets and mess around with stuff if you make sure you put it back where you left it or where it started. Um, yeah. So I was used to playing with those things. Um, so, yeah, like, like there was that same 70s interest in, you know, UFOs and ESP. Mm -hmm. and, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. For telling the future and all that stuff was really popular. Yeah. I still, I did think, huh, it's weird that we're <laughs> going to have things like fly around the room. Yeah, for real. <laughs> and that by the end, we're just going to be like, it was the poltergeist. Like, that's. Yes. Oh, right. but okay. it, not just it was the poltergeist, but Olivia actually saying, oh, no, it's science. Like, I have these books yeah. from the library. She had to go it's to right here. To get the this books. is science, and we believe <laughs> yes. science. And so it's, yeah, I know. It's it's like, it's proven. I love it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I know, too, you know, how Earl um, Hamner would narrate all of the episodes, the beginning and the end. And as a child, he narrated, you know, the end of that saying, after that, I, I can't do the voice, Crystal, I can, but <laughs> I can know, do it. we never saw the poltergeist again. Or <laughs> so my little mind was, that really happened. Like, I just assumed yeah. everything that you all ever had an episode about really happened on the wall. Yeah. Because I was that age. I didn't know what, based on a true story or anything like that. So I am sure I was like, oh, my gosh, that was really scary. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, those floating objects. Let's just talk about that for a minute. Because, yeah. obviously, special effects have gone a long, have come a long way since that episode. Um, I got a lot of bewitched vibes is what I, when I was rewatching it, you know, like when the vase, the scene where the vase is like floating and kind of shaking above the mantle. Was it all trick photography or something? Um, it was mostly filament. It was just like things were, you know, they tied um, fishing line, like able to see line and then just shot it. So the, the, the vase and the, the rocking chair and all that was just shot like that, the um, so nothing all that sophisticated or complicated. The um, the scary doll like moving, yeah. That's just the raggedy Ann. That's just editing. So they just put it in a position and shot it, and then <sighs> cut to me, and then put in a different position, and then shot. So that was that was completely like just editing. Um, there was nothing. I have to special. That's my favorite because the Raggedy Ann is like every time it cuts back from Elizabeth, it's in a different like stop animation motion, <laughs> yeah. but as if it's walking, like almost like, almost like Raggedy's arm is up and then it cuts to Elizabeth and she's like, ah, and then the next one, it's like its face is closer. <laughs> I laughed so hard when I rewatched that. So funny. The way that I had remembered it was that Raggedy Ann was crawling <laughs> along the floor, like scooting on its yeah. belly. I had yeah. created this whole image. So, you know, kudos to you for scaring the shit out of me because <laughs> I created something much scarier in my mind. I tried to watch yeah, it. But it's like mission accomplished. Like yeah. when you emailed, I'm like, I should watch the change again. I haven't seen it in a long time. And I made it about a third of the way through. Um <laughs> I start to feel That's so, brilliant. I just start to feel so bad for me. You know, oh, like, yeah. And so clearly, like, my arms are super long and, you know, oh, God. and I feel uncomfortable. And then they're having me do things that are difficult, right? Like, okay, so he wants yeah. you to take three steps and stop and turn around. And then we're going to turn the fan on so your hair, hair blows. Oh, that's right. Your hair is always yes. blowing. Look, you know, look upset or something. And then take three more steps and stop again for no freaking reason at all. And turn around and then give us another reaction shot. Blow your hair some more. And I'm like, I'm like it's so hard to do that in a way that looks yeah. remotely realistic. Um, and I was not. I mean, it's, it's easier almost when you're seven or eight because you're less self-conscious. But at yeah. that age, you're so self-conscious. Um, and they're having you do these things that are not, that are difficult to, to justify. 
Um, and then yeah. on top of that, if you notice, the girls they cast in Elizabeth's birthday party are all a foot and a half shorter than me. Yes, so I did notice that. They're so little. They look like they're maybe yes. like nine, eight, nine. Well, mm-hmm. and part of it is I don't think they always, they were never really clear on how old I was. So, so for example, I, would, <laughs> I had to go up to them and say, hey, to the producers and be like, look, there can be no more jokes about Elizabeth not knowing where babies come from. He lives <laughs> on a farm. Yeah, point. By now she would have that information. Oh my gosh! Good for like, you. Oh, okay, and then I had to go up and say, "Look, you can't. Richard can't. My feet are dragging on the ground. Richard Thomas is not that tall, and I'm starting to like. I'm way too, way too, um, too big to pick me up and throw me along. So I had, every time, you know, I had to go and say, "I cannot sit in everybody's laps all the time. It looks weird." In their imaginations, I was always three years younger than I actually was. Yeah. Okay. And I, you're the baby forever, the baby. Yeah. Forever the baby. And that was part of the point of the, of the episode actually. But I did feel for you in the same way that you just talked about. I didn't think about you watching the episode and feeling bad for yourself. And I'm, and I'm really feeling you on that right now because that didn't occur to me. But when I was watching it, I did feel bad for little Cammy thinking, was she comfortable talking about puberty with Ralph Waite? Like, because there's this whole, maybe you didn't get to that part in the episode. <laughs> but it's sort of like this big arrow at you, like, hey, look at Elizabeth. She's going through puberty. And then you have to talk about it with people. It was, I mean, there were definitely moments where they would draw attention to Elizabeth's, like, growing up that were awkward or embarrassing. I don't, I, I, I hadn't remembered that. I saw, I think I did make it up to there. And I, I okay. that wasn't actually as uncomfortable for me as some of the other bits. I remember a wardrobe lady um, bringing a little training bra. Oh, God. And being oh. like, oh, you know, what the... the the they were watching dailies and you know your little boobies i'm like oh my god don't talk to me like that yeah that's so embarrassing that you're living your most awkward years in in the public eye that's that's doubly worse if i'm working with a young teacher and somebody lets them know that i was on television i always say don't watch don't watch if i've hit puberty like you go on youtube find me when i'm six and seven i also think i was adorable but yeah, but yeah. once I start to stretch, just please, please don't watch that. Well, that's just I mean, another thing we have in common with you. You know, stars, yeah. they're just like us, right? Because yeah. that's exactly how we were feeling and really how your character was feeling in that episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I think there's even some, um, they allude to maybe a little clumsiness, maybe. I think it's one of the first scenes, like you trip or something. And, and also re-watching it, I had a distinct memory of just how I felt in that in-between. That's another part of the episode is you still like the little girl things, but you're supposed to be feeling grown up. And that was something we all felt. I mean, I felt like that was really, um, you were really hitting on something there, coupled with all the scary stuff that was Mm -hmm. happening too. There's that early scene, which I hadn't remembered, where Elizabeth's, I guess, hopscotching or jumping on the sidewalk with Amy and, and Rachel Longacre, who played Amy, who was so much fun to work with. And it's so, I think, good. I, I kept watching her thinking, she's really good. I'm terrible. Oh, Rachel is no. a fabulous job. But no, Rachel, um, Rachel is the tiniest human being, right? She's just tiny bone. She's just delicate. And I was, I was not a huge person. But put me next to her and I'm like, <laughs> how is that fair? Right, right. It's not. I will say, though, that despite all that awkwardness, I think you carried that the scary parts, you know, all these things that you said, like, walk three steps and turn and look at something and the wind blows. It was pretty believable. I'm I'm watching you going, that's real fear on her face. She did that really well. And she's just a kid. No wonder I was so scared. Yeah, there's no way for me to watch it and think that. Basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But but I think. The, the part I remember is cool. When you talk about the special effects, this is just coming back, was that um, most of it's pretty s- standard. But the scene where Elizabeth's looking in the mirror and the glass fogs up, yes. I was like, how are they going to do that? And they had like a little canister of compressed air that gets really cold. And so they basically just at the back side of the mirror blue freezing coldness onto it, which made that little bit of condensation appear. 
So I thought, I love that kind of information. Because it looks, it looked like a ghost was appearing on that section. So, so suffice it to say, while you were filming it, you weren't truly scared because they were just directing you. However, as an actual 13 year old and having gone through this, did you then think this could actually happen to you in real life? Like Carolyn's saying, we all went through this and I was sort of thinking, did we have... But we, didn't have we all have guys. So, like, were you kind of wondering though after you filmed it, like, oh no, no, could this happen? I okay, think I was good. old enough that I did not think that was a concern. I will tell you though that I, again, just like Carolyn, I took this as gospel truth, and so because the episode connected this to your age, I thought that getting a poltergeist was something that came with puberty. Like, oh, like, oh well, when we're, when am I going to get my poltergeist? I was like, oh, no. You get your period and your poltergeist yes, the, same the same time. Day. If you're lucky, you get them on yeah. the same day. What a bummer. Yeah, right? <laughs> Oh gosh. Well, and um, I'm just going to say the other scene that just popped into my head was um, was that piano in the very end. It was like a really aggressive, mean piano. It was a mean piano. It was. <laughs> I, you know, the thing was going up and down and, and the music it was playing was, um, how did they do that? Do you well, it's got to just be a player Sorry. piano, right? Oh, I guess. It, it wouldn't have been, it would have been the same piano that was always on the set. And my guess is they just rigged, um, rigged the like, interior bits of the piano so they just like okay. pulled strings so that the mm. things went up and down and then they would have somehow rigged some um fishing line right. onto the lid because the lid was banging too if i recall correctly yeah that was yeah. a horrific i mean that was scary everybody was in that scene like the whole family the yes yes trying to comfort the little sleepover girls and they can't close the window and at that point i was like this is real like it wasn't in your imagination when everyone was down there <laughs> that's right witnessing it all mm-hmm. elizabeth is finally validated Yes, right. right. And then it was up to you, as your dad, as Ralph Waite says to you, like you know, tell them to go or what? What is he? (laughs) What does he say? I forget. But basically, you can. You're you're the only one that can do it. Yes. Like you're the only one, Elizabeth. Tell them. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that that episode was the first time I'd ever heard the word puberty. Mm -hmm. And so after that episode, guess who got to talk about puberty? (laughs) Not my choice. Like I didn't want to talk about puberty. But my mom did. <laughs> Thanks, like, Damn another, you, Ralph Waite. I was going to say, another life lesson thanks to the Waltons. Yeah. <laughs> More parenting guidance from the Waltons. That's right. right. Okay, yeah. here's, a, here's a question that has nothing to do with nothing. It's just me sort of like um, stumbling over myself. Did you think that Michael Learned was the most beautiful person who had ever walked the planet? <laughs> yeah, I think fair. <laughs> Um, I think it's fair. But, yeah. But it's more than that because she's, um, she has one of the biggest, warmest hearts. Like she's, yeah. she's really, really like empathetic to, to a fault. Like I, I feel like her life was hard in some moments because she's so empathetic. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so you always knew I, I have a fabulous mom. I really, I won the mom jackpot. Um, but my mom is very common sense, common sense and, you know, things just need to be logical. And that, it was a wonderful way to be raised. But there were moments when I would like come to her and be like, oh, my feelings and my emotions and my, <laughs> like, I would lessen. And she'd be like, do you think you'd like to talk to Michael about this? Oh, <laughs> oh. Oh, you had a bonus mom. Yeah. You had a bonus. Your Walton's mom. I had, I had a, a very different kind of, you know, um, occasional parenting from Michael because she was so different than my mom in terms of style. But, but it was, you know, because Michael's all feelings, so she could absolutely get right there with. What a, what a gift that is. Yeah. That's beautiful. I also had, you know, I had both Judy and and Mary. Aaron and Mary Ellen as, yeah. as, you know, my, my TV older sisters. So they were always, you know, oh my gosh. And, and looking out for me. It was, it was pretty, a pretty sweet deal. We still get together. That's the other thing. And, and when we get together, it's like an instant family. We're, we're all, a bunch of us are going to um, Mayfield, Kentucky at the Car- at Cartwright Grove. They're having a fall fest. And we do these fan events in the middle of the country. We always go to a city beforehand for a couple days and we go out to dinner and we go see the museums and we just hang out. And then we get to meet fans um, during the day. And then we go back to our hotel room and sit around and, and gossip some more. Um, and then, uh, yeah, because we, we have fun. And if you talk to people who've been to the fan events, they'll say it's like a family reunion because we fall right into our, our old patterns like any big family would. 
And then we're going to be doing a um, a mystery, like murder mystery dinner when we're in Mayfield. Oh my gosh. So I think you guys are busy. Yeah, we do that. We try oh. two or three things. Wow. Because we have, you know what? When you do the murder mystery dinner, you should bring a Raggedy Ann doll and you should just like, when people aren't looking, just have it in a different position every time. Don't tell anybody. And it'll be like, that's Katie. <laughs> Katie lives. Katie lives. That would be funny. That's a good Okay. Idea. You just made my day. I mean, cause that's what everybody wants, right? Everybody wants the Waltons to still love each other. I love that. I love that so much. They're mm-hmm. just your bonus family. And then you guys have stuck close. Okay. So the, um, the show ends when you're 16, you do a couple made for TV movies and then you kind of start becoming Cammy. and <laughs> you went to school and you went to university and, and you go into education. Can you tell us about what is grown up Cammy's life? Like, um, let's see, grown up Cammy. Um, like you say, I, I went off to university. I ended up getting a teaching credential. Um, I was an American studies major for my my uh, bachelor's and interested in maybe living in different places and experiencing more of American culture and ended up moving with my husband to central Virginia. And we picked Charlottesville because it had a university and was not that far from D.C. And I applied for teaching jobs really up and down the Blue Ridge Mountains. Wow. And the, the most interesting position would, ended up being in Nelson County, which is actually where Earl Hamner grew up. So as an adult, I ended up teaching um, all, kids from Schuyler, where he grew up, and, and learning a lot more about what the show was talking about, honestly. Mm-hmm, like, sure. Once I moved there, I'm like, oh, that's why we keep talking about the dogwood. and the Because <laughs> it's beautiful. It's like insanely beautiful. Um, I didn't know. Right? I'd never been to Virginia. Right. So I, I learned more about what the show was was trying to portray when I taught. And then I ended up moving back to LA um, because I had two little kids by then. And I wanted them to know my parents who were on in California. So uh, sort of accidentally fell into the charter school movement, just looking for a school for my, my um, son. And um, accidentally fell into sort of arts integration and interdisciplinary learning and project-based learning and environmentally focused learning um, and had just a really phenomenal time working with amazing educators. Okay, we have, we're going to shift gears here now to um, a game that we like to play with everybody that we talk to on the show. We like to ask everybody just a, um, a battery of questions to kind of show us where you were um, in, in the 70s. We're all kind of in the same age group and it just kind of shows, you know, the real Cammy. Yeah, um, and that we're kind of all the same, right? Yeah. So we'll start with um, this one. What was your first concert? Okay, my first concert is weird because I was on national television. So <laughs> my first concert was a fundraiser um, uh, with the Doobie Brothers headlining. Oh gosh! In oh, Santa Cruz, and I didn't really, I didn't really know who they were, but I was brought along because it was a fundraiser for, um, I think it was for Will Gear's um, theater in Topanga. Okay. okay. So that's that a good was first concert. What was the first concert you went to of your own volition? Do you remember that? I actually don't remember. You'll remember in the middle of the night. Okay. You call us. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I remember. I remember like first records. Oh, okay. oh yeah. Tell us that. What, what was, was your first what album? Your first the first album? albums I bought were were compilation albums when I was very little. So I had I had the Partridge Family albums. Good for you. And then I had a compilation album called Fantastic. It was K-Tel. Yeah. <laughs> it was K-Tel. Yes. Do you remember what was on it? Um, I think I bought it because I liked um, Brandy by Looking Glass. Oh, oh you're a, a fine girl. girl. Yeah. What a good wife <laughs> you would be. That's it. <laughs> I have a K-Tel collection. I don't have Fantastic. I'm going to have to look for Fantastic now. Mm-hmm. I just scored Hot Nights and City Lights this week. <laughs> Pure power is the one. Pure power. I have, I have like on my on my um my online music thing. I have a I call it AM radio hits. Oh, oh yeah. They have to commute into the set, right? I had like the we lived about an hour and a yes. half away, so mm-hmm. for the early part of my life, I spent rolling around in the back seat listening to the babysitters AM AM radio. So all those songs yes. I have down. Mm-hmm. All right, we want to know whose posters were on your wall. Posters were on my wall. When I was very little, I had a Sesame Street poster. Yeah. And then um, I liked David Cassidy. He was my like little girl crush, but I yep. didn't have a po- I didn't have his poster. 
Um, and then from there, I became an absolute Beatles freak through middle school. My best oh, friend and I bonded with the Beatles and were obsessed with the Beatles. So that took me through middle school. And then it was The Clash and, you know, sort of cooler English um, sure. The second British invasion. Yeah, yeah getting into the uh-huh. early 80s. Yeah. Oh, like, you were a cool mm-hmm. kid then. You were a cool Well, it helped that I had a lot of older brothers and sisters on the set. Yeah, right. that sure. actually, that's a huge influence. That's And oh. I think that's where the Beatles come from, because I learned about the Beatles via the older brothers of my friends. Right, right. And then I became mm-hmm. a Beatles kid, too. It was sort of like a retro crush. Yeah. And it, it's a, it's, mm-hmm. I think it's a really safe crush, because they're over. They're over. Yeah. And, right. and you, there's no access to them, really. It's very safe. Yeah. You're right. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot about crushes in this space right yeah. here. A lot of examination. Okay. Here's a new, this is our last question for you. And this is um, a new question that we haven't asked people before, but we're going to add this to our game. And we're going to ask this of every single person, because I think every Gen Xer has an opinion about this. Which do you like better? Little House on the Prairie or the Waltons? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's so unfair. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I was a big reader as a kid, so I had read all of the Little House books multiple times by the time the show started. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I, wow. I loved those books. Um, yeah. And so when I first watched Little House, what I thought was, that's not right. Uh, right. <laughs> that's not right. Yeah. That's not what Paul looks like. That's not what Paul acts. That's just not right. And so I was, like, I couldn't get over the hump. I'm curious, though. Did you watch the Waltons? Like, um, did your family, like, sit down and watch the episode yes. together? My, fam- oh, my so family sat down and watched the episodes together until, I think, Welcome Back, Cotter. Oh, no. Oh, that was a Thursday night competition. <laughs> because that was and then they're there. like, sorry, Cammie. Oh, no, it was me. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You wanted to see My friends were all talking about what had happened on Welcome yep. Back Cotter. They weren't watching because we were old enough now that they had left the Waltons and they'd moved over to Welcome Back. So I watched Welcome Back. And then after that, after Welcome Back Cotter ended, um, we were against Mork and Mindy. Oh, no. So, Kiss of death. So by then we had enough televisions that my mom, my mom is still watching the Waltons nonstop. So are a lot of people. I've, we've got to tell you, we get messages whenever, if we ever post anything about the Waltons. We are going to dedicate an entire episode to the Waltons, so I hope we can have you back when we do that because it um, it was a huge part of a lot of mm-hmm. our lives for sure. And, you know, again, we talk about it on this podcast, but being able to sit down with our family, I mean, it was a family event yes. kind of a thing, which yep. just doesn't happen anymore. And that's it's kind not of a sad. thing anymore. The market's so fractured, right? Like. Right. Yes. So many channels, so many choices. There's streaming and YouTube yes. and TikTok and and so that I, I keep trying to explain to to my kids like there are only three channels really showing something that you were going to watch that night and everybody watched it. So there was this this shared the shared text, right? Yeah. Talk about and and um, examine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it bonded us all together. Whether you were a super fan or not, you knew what everybody was talking about. Yeah. You absolutely were all in. You on knew it. the family. Whether you watched the yeah. Waltons all the way through or not, you knew who. You yeah. know, when they, you, someone says John Boy or you know whatever, you know you know what that is. Yeah. yeah, it's pop culture history. But once the internet becomes available and you can stream the Waltons, and we have a pandemic, and people start watching these shows, and all of a sudden we've got people who can get can like communicate with Elizabeth Walton. Or, you know, you can now have, you can communicate with your fans, I guess. Do you, is that interesting, awkward? How does that fit into your life? It's interesting. And it, and it was funny to me what things were most exciting for the folks on the Mommy page. So, for example, one time my refrigerator broke. And I posted, oh, no, rats, I'm in trouble, my refrigerator's broken. And then when we got a new refrigerator, I posted a photo of it. And like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people were so excited about my refrigerator. Like, okay, that's good. We can do that. So for me as a, and also for me as a teacher, right? Like 
I'm like, this is how it worked, and this is how editing works, and these these are what the lights were like, and this is how the day ran. And occasionally people think, don't ruin it. You're, I want to know, but the, I don't want to know that it wasn't real. I'm like, I'm going to yeah. tell you it's not real. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an educator <laughs> at heart. Right. Yeah. There's no way I'm not going to tell you how it really was. Sometimes it's hard for people to separate. Yeah. And there is, we talk about this um, with other people is that, you know, you bond with somebody in 1975, and then sometimes meeting that person in 2023 doesn't live up to your expectations or because you're thinking about 1975. But I will have to say that meeting 2023 Cami Kotler has been an absolute joy. Yes, Thank you sure so has. much for talking to us today. Oh, this is great fun. I love who you've become. This is just really Same. great. Thank you for the information. No, really. that it's. I'm a teacher. I like to talk. We've established all this. Yes, that's right. Well, well, we feel like club. we're all the above. We love to talk to, and we've got two teachers and a librarian. Yes. Wow, that's a really good group then. Yes, thank you. And we feel so much like you're part of the group and you're a new friend. And we love you for taking the time today to share your stories with our listeners because we know that they really appreciate it. So, and I'm sure I've had so much fun with this episode. So thank you so much, Cammie. No, it is, it is 100% my pleasure. I've, I've done a gazillion interviews since I was six and it's always especially <laughs> fun when people ask questions that no one's ever asked before. And, and you guys scored, you did a lot. Oh, oh <laughs> awesome. Well, you know. <laughs> Hang our hat on that, aren't we, ladies? That the is... day is done. <laughs> That's right. Well, thank you again. You guys, that was amazing. We just had an hour-long conversation with Elizabeth Walton, a.k.a. Cammie Kotler. She's a grown-up now. And she's like one of us. <laughs> She is. She's so great. I think that she, I, I mean, it was so nice to see that she's gotten through the whole poltergeist situation. Yes, she recovered. Yeah. She seemed to be okay. I feel like, honestly, I feel like she's just one of, like, we could just hang out with her for hours and hours. I love her. I 100%. Love her. I did not want to say goodbye to her. And I love that they're all still, you know, in touch and that oh, they're, yeah. they're so close. And so maybe, Carolyn, in that episode that you want to do in an upcoming season, we could get a couple Waltons, a handful of Waltons, a gaggle of Waltons. A gaggle of Waltons. Uh, a murder of a Waltons. Flock, a flock of Waltons, a murder of Waltons uh, on the show with us. So that was truly delightful. Oh, that was. And if you guys are Patreon members, we're going to send you a video of this entire conversation that we had with her so that you can actually see what she looks like. She's adorable. She looks exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so our Solid Golden Bicentennial level members, um, keep an eye out for that. That'll be coming soon. And also coming soon to our weekly reader email subscribers, the entire Cami interview. Because as you can imagine, we talked a lot longer than what you just heard in this episode. So if you are a subscriber or if you aren't already, head over and sign up because we will be sending you an email with a link so that you can hear the entire conversation that we had with Cami. And just like that, it's time for our time on Walton's Mountain to come to a close. It will not be our last time, to be sure, because so many of us grew up there, probably equal to the number of people who grew up in Walnut Grove, like two landscapes coming together to raise a generation of people. As always, thank you for listening. Good night, everybody. Yes, good night, everybody. And good night, Kristen. Good night, Carolyn. Good night, Carolyn. Good night, Michelle. Good night, Kristen. Good night, Michelle. Good night, Pop Culture Preservation Society. Before you go, we'd like to pay tribute to two special people. The first is a listener named Shane, who made a one-time donation on our website this week that was big enough to cover our expenses for three whole months. This is the biggest donation we've ever received, and it feels so good to be appreciated and supported in such an astounding way. Thank you so much, Shane. Thank you, Shane. Thank you so much, Shane. That was incredible. The second tribute is to the originator of the sign-off we've used in every single one of our 145 episodes. We lost actress and comedian Suzanne Summers this week, a 70s icon whose famous jiggle paled in comparison to her comedic timing. And so today, we raise our glasses for a toast, courtesy of the cast of Three's Company, John Ritter, Joyce DeWitt, and now the dearly departed Suzanne Summers as the inimitable Chrissy Snow. And this time, I think we'll let you hear it straight from them. 
Happy days. Good times. Little house on the prairie. The information, opinions, and comments expressed on the Pop Culture Preservation Society podcast belong solely to Carolyn, the Crushologist, and Hello Newman, and are in no way representative of our employers or affiliates. And though we truly believe we are always right, there is always a first time. The PCPS is written, produced, and recorded in Minneapolis, Minnesota, home of the fictional WJM Studios and our beloved Mary Richards. Nanu Nanu, keep on trucking, and may the force be with you.